today we present the true crime. Due to the graphic nature of this content, listener discretion is advised. Don't worry, it's just a scary story. After being left in the care of a friendly neighbor, Sevilla Likens was abused, tortured, and eventually killed. The murder was described by the judge as the most terrible crime ever committed in Indiana. She was just 16 years old, killed by a woman named Gertrude Banizewski. Banizewski was born into a poor family in 1929, the third of six children. Aged just 10, she witnessed her father suffer a fatal heart attack. She dropped out of school at age 16 and married John, a man two years older. Together, they had six children. But John beat and abused Gertrude. She tried to escape, leaving John and marrying another man, Dennis. She had another child with Dennis, but he abused her too. Gertrude was stuck in one abusive relationship after another. She was depressed, angry, and short of money, and she looked like a haggard, underweight, asthmatic. To make ends meet, she took in kids from around the neighborhood while their parents were away. That's how she met the Likens family. Lester and Betty Likens were carnival workers. The money wasn't good and wasn't steady. So when they were offered jobs in the summer of 1965, they had to accept. The only problem was their daughters. Sylvia, 16, and Jenny, 15, were sisters. While Sylvia was a healthy young girl, Jenny's polio had left her permanently disabled. They were in a tough spot. A neighbor, Gertrude Benazuski, had seven kids and seemed like an honest woman. The Likens asked her to look after their daughters for the summer. Jetty's limited mobility perturbed Gertrude, but Benazuski couldn't say no to the money. She agreed a fee of $20 a week. In exchange, she'd feed and house the Likens children until their parents returned, as well as the seven Banazowski children. The two Likens were crammed into a small room. The Banazowski household was chaotic. Gertrude, suffering from depression, had a temper. During the first week, her bitterness and anger began to show. The girls went hungry every day. They were given a few slices of toast in the morning, no lunch, and a small bowl of soup in the evening. When the first week finished, 
Benazuski dragged them both upstairs to an empty room and beat them furiously. She was taking care of them for nothing, she screamed, as she wailed on the young girls. Though she was receiving $20 a week to care for the children, she resented their presence. Whenever she looked at Sylvia, some sadistic corner of her brain became inflamed. When the $20 from the Lycans failed to show up on time, the beatings intensified. When her hands began to ache from all the beatings, Benazuski decided to upgrade. Taking a wooden board, she smacked it so hard across Sylvia's bare buttocks that she left scars. Sylvia bore the brunt of Benazuski's attention. Jenny, disabled by polio, could only watch on as her sister was abused every day. Soon, Benazuski began to involve others. Her children and children from the neighborhood were brought into the house. Benazuski encouraged them to beat Sylvia. As justification, she falsely accused Sylvia of stealing candy. When Sylvia admitted that she'd once had a boyfriend, Benesuski rounded on her with a fury. She delivered a swift, hard kick to Sylvia's genitals and accused her of being a prostitute or being pregnant. Benesuski laughed when her children pushed Sylvia down the stairs, so they did it again and again. One day, they covered a hot dog with condiments and force-fed it to Sylvia. When the mustard made her throw up, she was forced to eat her vomit. Benazuski delivers high-minded moral sermons about the dangers of prostitution while beating Sylvia. Before long, Benazowski encouraged her children to stub out cigarettes on Sylvia's skin. The Banazuski children were swept up in their mother's viciousness. One child, Paula, got caught up in such a rage that she broke her hand beating Sylvia so hard. When Paula's hand was put in a cast, she used the cast to beat Sylvia over the head. Classmates of the Banazowski girls came to the house to torment Sylvia. The violence wasn't just physical. They forced Sylvia to drink urine and eat feces. They used her as a dummy while they practiced judo. They cut and sliced her hands and arms, and they burned her with cigarettes. One time, they forced Sylvia to strip naked in the living room and insert a glass of Coca-Cola into her vagina for their amusement. Jenny was forced to take part. Under Benazuski's careful gaze, she was ordered to beat her sister. If she refused, she would suffer Sylvia's fate. The beatings were so severe that Sylvia became incontinent. 
Because the other children denied her access to the bathroom, and because she lived half-starved and in constant fear, she wet herself. Benazuski decided that this made Sylvia a whore. She withdrew Sylvia from school and locked her in the basement. When Benazuski decided to punish Sylvia, she and the children dragged the girl up to the bathroom. They laid Sylvia in the tub and poured scalding water from the faucet. It burned Sylvia's skin. Benazuski rubbed salt into the seared red flesh. Sylvia, locked in the basement, was naked and hungry. Occasionally, she was dragged up to the house and made to dance in front of other children. When she struggled, they beat her. Or they forced her to eat the content of a baby's diaper. Kids from around the neighborhood were charged five cents to take turns abusing Sylvia. They burned her, slapped her, cut her, and mutilated her body. As much as she screamed and begged for help, it never came. Jenny and Sylvia had no way to contact their parents. If Jenny dared mention what was happening to anyone outside the house, the other children beat her and Benazuski threatened her with the same fate. A public health nurse visited to assess the situation, but she was told Sylvia had run away. Sylvia was so dehydrated. A doctor would later claim she could no longer produce tears. In October, things got worse. Sylvia was allowed to spend the night in the same room as her sister. It was little more than a mattress on the floor. It was a gesture of goodwill from Gertrude. Before they went to bed, Sylvia begged Jenny for a glass of water. During the night, she wet the bed. Gertrude was furious. She dragged Sylvia out of the room and forced her to masturbate with a Coca-Cola bottle in front of the family. Still raging, she grabbed hold of a needle and heated it up. Once it was piping hot, she used it to scratch words in the bare flesh of Sylvia's abdomen. I'm a prostitute and proud of it. She got halfway through the job before handing it off to Richard, a neighborhood kid. When the branding was done, they threw Sylvia in the basement again. The next day, Gertrude decided that she needed a cover story. She dictated a letter for Sylvia to write, explaining that she'd run away. Gertrude could present the letter to the authorities or Sylvia's parents. Meanwhile, she could dump Sylvia in the woods and leave her for dead. Sylvia figured out the plan. That night, she tried to escape. 
but her injuries stopped her running far. Benazuski caught her. Dragging Sylvia back to the basement, Gertrude and her husband beat the girl so badly she was barely comprehensible. Sylvia made one last pained attempt to crawl out of the basement. Gertrude sneered and stood on Sylvia's head with both feet. Sylvia's brain began to hemorrhage. She died. Gertrude accused Sylvia of faking it. When it became clear that the girl was dead, she told one of the children to call the police. The police arrived and Gertrude showed them the letter, claiming that Sylvia had run away with a group of boys. They tortured Sylvia, Gertrude claimed, and left the girl in the basement already dead. The story was parroted by the Benazuski children, but before the police could leave, Jenny hobbled forward and whispered in an officer's ear, Get me out of here, and I'll tell you the whole story. Concerned, the officer escorted Jenny from the house. She told him everything. Before long, Gertrude and the entire Benazuski family were on trial. The judge, horrified, described the case as the most terrible crime ever committed in Indiana. He handed out harsh sentences to the whole family. Gertrude Benazuski gave only one defense of her actions. I had to teach that girl a lesson. That lesson cost Sylvia Likens her life. <laughs>